0: It's the Over Six Sports Podcast. I'm Zach, the man of Burke, and this is Cameron, the Triff King Charlton. What's going on, Cam? You, you sound a little somber today, Burke. You don't seem super excited to do this. You don't seem uh, like you're in a great mood today. <laughs> the sun was not shining today. It was a rainy Monday. Uh, uh, but the weekend was great. It was a great weekend. Great weekend for hockey. We got another weekend coming up that's going to be great for golf and hockey. How are you doing, Burke? Um,. You know, I just feel like I'm in the same place that I've been the last five years, pretty much, except for this is the second year that we've been doing this podcast. So, I mean, this is like a repeat of the only difference is, is I'm not going to title the episode is not going to be titled Warning Choking Hazard. So, I mean, that's a positive thing. Yeah, it wasn't as embarrassing either. Things were good, but it's not like you can't you can't sit here and tell me things are good, but it wasn't embarrassing. You didn't lose to no, so so the right like, Canadians either, so I can't rub yeah, that in your face again. That's significantly worse. And I mean, if you follow me on Facebook, like there's a unfortunately made a bet with our listener that I had Nate, the buddy, friend of the show, that whoever lost, he's a Tampa fan, whoever lost the series had to take a profile picture in the other team's jersey and leave it up as their profile pick until that team's eliminated. And if Tampa wins the cup, I can't take it down until this next season starts. Yeah, it was like rough. October. That, that would be tough. Yeah, so it I'll give. Could have been worse though. You could have been stuck in a Habs jersey till the Stanley Cup Finals last year. If we made. Oh, that that, that would have been that. That'd be just painful. That would that. I don't know how I would have been able to do that. Um, no, I mean in all seriousness, like I'm okay. Um, I have not given too much of. It. I just kind of let all the group chats and all the Twitter stuff go, and like just give it a few days to settle down because. It's to be expected, and that's fair. Like, you know, I obviously, you know, cheering for one of the teams that's one of the most hated in the NHL for God knows why. Well, I know why, but it's tough for me because I, I, I've said and maintained and will say forever that I'm a very level-headed, honest, pretty much as non-biased as you can get in terms of a Leafs fan. So it sucks that there's the other half who are – you know you lose you win five nothing in the first game it's a parade you lose five three in the next game you know the series is over kind of thing like i, I it's the highs can't be I too mean, high and the lows st- can't be too low this whole steve dangle thing definitely doesn't help it's just like the epitome of every leafs fan and everything you talk about these fans and now that sports that's just gone full board with steve dangle it doesn't help the way people view least fans, because you see him everywhere. You see every reaction, his bias, his overreactions both ways, good, bad, his guarantees. So, I don't. I don't think this whole net thing the last two years is helping least fans much in that route. Probably not. I mean, that's what you get. I, I as the one thing, the only thing. I, I mean, I like the passion behind it, and I'm passionate too. It's just, you know, I at some point you're like. Okay, uh, let me just kind of get through my... I haven't really given my thoughts. I've, as I said, I've given it in a couple of days. So I think there's a lot of things that... Like, I'm going to talk for a bit, and then I'll let you kind of say a piece, and then we'll go from there. Um, and then we'll get to the rest of it. I actually am in a good mood. The, the starting, I didn't have any sad music to play, but, I mean, whatever. It's to be expected. There you go. Um, so the first thing that I want to address, uh, let's talk about the officiating again. Um as I said, the only thing that I wanted was consistency. I it was. I mean, I didn't think that game seven was the worst. I didn't think that game six was the worst that they had in the whole series. I think that's fair to say. I think it was better in those two games. Um, I did not like the five on three that Tampa got in game six. And you can argue, don't put your sticks in their spot. I didn't, I really didn't think the high stick call the first one that when the first penalty. Okay, fine. The headman one, it was just, it, it wasn't to me one of those ones that's like, you know, you're really being wild with your stick and you caught some guy in the jibs and his teeth flew out. Like to me, they were probably high sticks, but again, lots of times in the corner, things like that happen that don't get called. And to me to put Tampa on a 5-on-3 in the third period with the Leafs up 3-2. I thought that sucked. Uh, and, you know, whether you call the rule book or don't, I just I just have this opinion that to me on, on those high sticks, where the first one was legit not really a high stick, I still maintain, though, if you put yourself in a position for a ref to call a penalty, you can't be surprised when they call a penalty. I still agree with that. I think situationally the 5-on-3 was tough. The Justin Hall goal or the Tavares goal that was called off by Just, uh, with the Hall pick, it's a pick for sure. The problem that I have though is is like there's multiple times a game where there's interference like that that doesn't get called. And the to me watching the angle of the I mean the good example was in, um McDonough's goal when he had the one timer. Uh, buddy, got who? Somebody got chunked out front of the net by the Tampa guy, and knocked down right in front of the net, right in front of the ref. No call. I saw that later, which again doesn't matter. I don't think all of this saying. I don't think that this is something where I can say, oh, the refs robbed it from her, like Dangle saying the refs were in Tampa. I don't necessarily buy that. I just thought it was really shitty. Um, I think part of the problem was is Steven Stamkos stopped skating and put his hand up right at the referee. I think that's actually part of it on the on the goal in Game Seven because if he. Actually goes to the puck. Uh, I don't think they. I don't think they call a penalty. But he stopped, looked at the ref, and put his hand up. And, and then Tavares says the free lane because there's two guys out of the play. I don't really think the ref had a choice at that point because basically it made that pick look much worse than it actually was. Especially when you watch the replay. I mean, you could argue the other way too. The uh, hook in the late in the third period that least couldn't take advantage of the power play. That was not even close to a hook. It was a nice, clean stick lift. So there was plays that both ways you couldn't agree with, and it's Tampa took advantage and, like, the no goal, they did what they needed to with that, and Toronto just couldn't capitalize on the calls that went the other way. So I think that's a big difference here, and the power play percentage is a big thing. You look at, I think it was like 23% to 12 So, yeah, it sucks that these calls happened, but Tampa took advantage. Toronto couldn't when they got those breaks from the referees. And that's that was my next point. Is like again, all of this being said, like I just want to make sure that everybody knows, like I'm not just on one side or the other. Like I think that it does suck. I, I personally, I feel like the Tavares goal probably should have been a goal. But that being said, you still had power play opportunities that you were awful at all series. Like you were not good on the power play. So, you know, in a series where the penalties were slightly skewed in Tampa's favor, I mean, quite significantly skewed in Tampa's favor. Whatever. I think there was like forty. Something penalty minutes difference, or I forget what it actually was. Um, But you still were on the power play a bunch, and you're on the power play in key moments and couldn't get the job done. So it only goes so far, right? Like you can only blame the refs until, because that's just an excuse at that point, right? And I I said, and I said, you know, to a couple of our guys we talked to, I said, look, I'm not going to sit here and make excuses. And I'm not blaming the refs for that. I can still say it sucked because I think it does suck. It's not the reason you lost. You had multiple opportunities off that. After that, to get the job done, and you didn't, right? So yeah, power play for sure. That's that's an area that was just lacking. Something that drove me nuts, Cam. Now it was wild because last night, and we'll get to this a little bit, but last night in the Calgary game, um, they were scoring from outrageous angles, and I was bitching at the Leafs on the power play for this. as they would like Matthews is sitting on like the bottom of the circle. And just firing bombs from there, and it's like, oh, he scored there before. Yeah, that's great, but why are we not, you know, trying to set up somewhere else? Because if you miss the net, which they did a ton, the puck wraps around all the other way, and there's a chance for an on-man rush, or or even just gets out of out of the zone. And I was, I just drove me nuts that that shot angle. It's terrible. Um. Okay, power play. What else do I want to say? Uh, people still bitching. Sid Sid Sixero bitching about how the big boys weren't their big boys. I. I don't really like that I thought this is the best series that they've played. Um, since Matthews has been there. Stats wise, the top five point getters were all their big boys, so that's what you need. But, you know, Marner scored goals, Marner had big assists, and you can say, Well, they didn't show up in game seven I mean, they had chances and just didn't it just didn't go in the net and that happens sometimes. But to say that like, it's the same, it's not the same. Marner had like, zero they shots actually, on goal. Zero shots on goal was, in game seven. That. Yes, that was that was interesting. But that one, Cam, I actually like watching it, I felt like he was forcing it to Matthews all game. Like that's what it looked like to me. And Matthews was either not ready for it or in a bad spot where it got blocked. And I was like, man, like just shoot the puck. At some point. And I get you're trying to get your, your boy going and get the crowd fired up. But at the same point, like you, you have goals, like you know how to shoot the puck. And he had to and he talked about this in the season. In the regular season, he was talking about you know before like I really wasn't comfortable shooting and I was a passer and now like I like I you know I've been shooting the puck more and having some good success and it's really opening up looks for Matthews and then that kind of went away and reverted back into nothing else. But point being, I still think they played okay. I like John Tavares; his last two games was significantly better. He was asleep for the first couple games and he got significantly better. Um, the Nealander was fine. The lander was good. Jack Campbell. Uh, played just about as well as he could have. I mean, there was probably. I'm trying to think what game it was. It was game five. He let in some five or no, it was game six. I think he let in some softies. But I mean, what's going to happen? I mean, it's again, you're you're playing against the the back-to-back champs, so like they can score goals. Like they have extremely talented players. You're you're going to score goals. So, um. Yeah, it's just like the one yeah. big thing that stands out to me, kind of touching on a couple of those points, is the big guys, I, I 100% agree with Sid Cicero. The big guys did not show up in the big moments like they have. You look around at the other series, especially Game 6 and 7 in other series, Connor McDavid, I know Connor McDavid's something else, but uh, he took over Game 6 and 7. He said, no, this team's being put on my back. We're winning. You get Game 7, Calgary. Johnny, Johnny Goudreau and Kachuk put the team on their backs, got it done. Both had a goal and assist. Both had 6 and 7 shots, and they looked unbelievable all game where just even late in the third period, like Matthews and Marner, like sure, the Leafs had some chances, but they just don't get it done. And it's consistent now. They've scored one, more than one goal once in the eight elimination games since Matthews and Marner were there. That just can't happen. You're not going to win those games if you're scoring one goal. And it's just another game seven where these guys don't show up. Game six, they probably should have found that killer instinct, and they just can't keep doing that. And you expect more from these guys. These guys, and Tavares is included, these guys are getting paid more than $10 million a year. They're like all in the top 15 highest paid players in the league, and they're not getting it done in these big moments. And you look at the other Game 7s, the big guys were getting it done. The guys you expected to step up, score goals, get points, get shots on goal, got it done in the other series, and the Leafs didn't again. So I have a comment on that, and that'll be, first of all, I don't think the McDavid comparisons fair because do you see the team they're playing against? Like no offense. Do you know? Name me one person, name me one defenseman on LA. You can't even name a defenseman right now, but they have arguably the best two of the top are, three defensive centers. in And Dowdy's league. not playing. Yeah, but then I don't care about that. I'm talking about like defense, like, like they have, they do not have a good defense and Jonathan quick played well, but he did, but he's okay. Same thing with same thing with Dallas. The only reason that Dallas was in that series at all was their goaltending. That's it. And they had the best defenseman in the series. Miro Heiskanen was unbelievable. He was series. in the box like the whole series. How many penalty minutes did he have in that series? Like, like so many. Gonna, anyway. Other than Victor point... Hedman, Tampa's D is a huge drop-off off the years past. Sergachev is pretty good. He was horrible all series. He was the worst-ranked defenseman. He was worse-ranked than Justin Hall. Right, because he was exposed by the big boys. So, like, here's the thing, though, is, is like, I mean, this is this is where, like, maybe, it, I don't know. I, I just don't really find it to be apples to apples. I mean, if you want to tell me that the LA Kings are just as good as the Tampa Bay Lightning, like, if that's the argument we're making here, then I, I can't support that argument. No, I'm not like, saying I, that, but they just didn't step up when they needed to. You need to get the job right, done. But you you're could, elite players, sure. and you can't get the job done. I don't care if yeah. you're playing. It's the playoffs. It's the 16 best teams in the league, no matter where you are. But, it's like, the not best showing up not showing up versus Montreal is a lot different than quote unquote, not showing up versus Tampa. Sure. Tampa's like, I, that's th- this is the thing. It's, it's just, it's not, it's, it's an easy, easy out is what I'm saying. It's just like, oh, the big boys didn't show up again. And I'm like, I don't really necessarily agree with that. I thought they had a lot of chances. I thought Vasilevsky made a lot of big saves. He made a huge save on Matthews cross crease hit him like, and Matthews went bar and tried to go bar down. And that's, yeah. got a really nice shoulder on it. like, it, that is a fraction of an inch of going away. If that puck goes in the net, are we talking about the big boys not showing up? No. So, like, that's that's the point I'm trying to make with that. Is I really just didn't feel like it was... They just didn't show up or no-showed. No, I thought they had a lot of chances. It just didn't go in the net. And, unfortunately, like, you can't just decide that the puck's going in the net. I mean, even in the Game 7. I mean, McDavid's goal where he scored the the second goal. I mean, he had... Like, did anybody on that team want to play defense at that point? How much time did he have in front of the net? You should have cleared that guy out. No, Sean Dorsey was pissed because he was getting a hooking call. But you just look at the game in general. You watch the first play of the game. McDavid just goes and crushes a guy in the corner. He was taking over that game from the minute it started, no matter which way it was going to do. And you just don't see that from these least players. They don't take over the game. They don't do the little things to get it done. And I don't care if it's Tampa, Montreal, Boston, Washington. They haven't got it done over and over again. And sure, Tampa's different. You can come up with those excuses. If you played Florida in the first round and the president's trophy winners, you'd have excuses there too. It's still a loss in the first round. Yep, it is. And that's fair. Like I think that's I think that's fair. I mean, Matthews had six hits on like on game seven. Led the team in hits by far. Doubled everybody else up. I, I don't know. I just again, it's not an excuse really. I'm not I'm not I'm not using the I'm not using the skill of Tampa or how Tampa is better team than LA because they are and it's not even close. like it's just not. So all, all I'm saying though is is that again, not an excuse. It's just that to, to compare the two, like McD like it was a two nothing game. It's not like it was seven nothing and McDavid had six points. Like it's just it just seems to me to be blown a little bit out of proportion in that sense. But at the end of the day, one of them's in the second round and one of them's not. So I think that's where the important point comes down to is, is like you still gotta win a game. Uh, and I think you said it best. I mean, you, you have a coin flip series and you have coin flip games, and it it didn't go it didn't go their way. Um I thought the crowd was good. I thought the crowd was better than I've seen in a while, which is encouraging to see. Um, didn't love Keith's comments about uh, gaining respect around the league because I don't know how. I mean, I'm not there on the ice. Maybe you guys are like, oh, like really good. Like, I, at that point, I mean, who cares? I think that's the bigger point is, is I, like, I do not care. I would rather be disrespected around the entire league and win than be respected and lose in the first round. Yeah, respect. Isn't, respect I, is not going to win you a playoff series or a game. Seven, no, so. doesn't do anything. So, you know, that's that's where that is. Um, so, I I just want to talk. The last thing about this, and again, because I don't go on forever and ever, but the last thing I want to say is is that it's not acceptable. It's not like no, I I wouldn't like people are like, oh, I'm just happy with the effort. That that's embarrassing. It, it is. But I also think it's it's embarrassing on the other side to basically give up on these players, this team, whatever this case is, and say uh, they're cursed, they're never going to get it done. They're, they're just not good enough. I don't believe that. I don't I, I think it's somewhere in the middle where, and again, not, you know not to use the Washington example, but that's because I mean, they want a cup and whatever. and that's re- going to be really common. It's an easy out. I get that. But all the point I'm trying to make is is that everybody said the same thing about Washington. And I'm not saying this team is Washington. But everybody said the exact same thing. They said these guys are garbage. They're never going to win a cup. Ovi's never going to win a cup. They can't get it done. And they kept the core together and they got it done. They changed some pieces around. They got some puck luck and they got the job done. So, you know, the last year was so much more unacceptable than this year. It still sucks. It. I'll just put it this way. It sucks less. Somehow it sucks less. That. That's, I mean, it, even though... I don't know. It's weird because it sucks less because last year was such a choke, but it also sucks less, sucks more because I actually thought they put a better effort in this year. Well,
1: that's Which the thing. Is, again,
0: it's right like there. JD Bunkus tweet still just kills me. Cause it's just, it just sums up lease fans. Really? Like lease fans are so down. Many of you are okay with another first round exit. Cause this time they tried harder and it wasn't embarrassing. This is what happens when an entire generation grows up without winning a playoff series. And it's just true. Like great. That's we fair. showed effort. We had more respect. We didn't get embarrassed. That's okay. Then we're okay. Just losing again. But and like that's, that's where that's where I, like I personally disagree though is is like I still don't think it's okay. I'm not gonna be like oh like participation medal you made the playoffs and you you fought well like good job I'm ha-. like no obviously I'm not happy about it. Obviously I would have pre- preferred to close it out in game six and frankly they probably should have closed it out in game six. They dominated the overtime in game six and they and and unfortunately the ba- the balance went the wrong way. They doubled tampon shots. Their puck possession was more. They just, they looked way better. They looked like they wanted a game six and they couldn't get it done. It just, it gave me this flashbacks to Montreal, the Montreal series. When they played, Carey Price saved the Habs ass in that overtime. And I forget who scored the goal, but it was, it was a, and it was a, you know, it was a shot that got tipped over the shoulder of Campbell. And that was the game. And that was the series. Yeah. Which was ridiculous that that was the series, but that it had the same feel to it. Now I was more confident going into game seven than I was last year. Somehow, um, but, but I, they, they deserve, I, I don't know. I, they, I feel like they deserve better. That's all that's in final. I think, I think that they deserve better. I would be even, as much of a lease hater as people can be. If you come to me and say, yeah, they definitely did not deserve to win that series. I don't feel like that's true. I think they did enough to win this series. You talk about moral victories. I think, which I hate, I hate that term moral victories because it, moral victories doesn't put your name on the Stanley cup. There's no moral victories cup, like there's no participation cup, but I just I, I just feel like they deserve better this year. Yeah, so I guess the big question is what's next? And one of the comments, you, like you keep hearing Washington brought up, one of the big things Washington did to finally get it done was a massive coaching change. They brought in Barry Trotz. He was the guy to get them done, held Ovechkin, held Backstrom accountable, and figured out how to get it done. Is it time for a coaching change? Again, I agree, Dubas has earned enough to stick around for his contract. He's one year left on his contract. When you're hearing rumors that there might be an extension, I'm like, "Ah, I don't really agree with that. Let's give him, let him play out his year in his contract. But for me, Sheldon Keefe has to be gone. You need a different voice. You need somebody to hold these guys more accountable in the big moments or something to just fire them up. I don't know what it is. You got to keep this core together. There's a ton of other questions with the team. What's going to happen in net? Because there's absolutely no idea there. you got important pieces, not the big guys, but Mikheyev's been an important piece all year. What's going to happen with Giordano? Like It's still going to be an interesting offseason, even if they keep the core together. And you just keep hearing people talk, it's going to be the Masai Ujiri-esque summer. Are they going to move one of the big four guys for a top player, make a coaching change, and kind of do those things? Like Casey was a loved coach in Toronto. They got rid of him. DeMar Rosen was one of the most loved, best players in the league. He was an all-star. They got rid of him to get it done. Is this the Leafs summer to finally do something like that? I guess we'll find out. Well, I think, I think we talked earlier in the year, like right in our season preview, we said if the Leafs don't get past the first round, Dubas is gone. And we both agreed on that. And he did enough this year to to definitely get another crack. And I don't know anybody who, I mean, there's Leafs fans who are like, blow it all up, blah, blah. I mean, you're just an idiot. If you think that's the case, right? I mean, you're fourth or fifth in the league in points overall and you ended up playing like the way that the seating worked it it just i don't like the way they seed it if you've been by the way people argue they're like oh yeah but the series were all so close no i still think that's garbage sorry i don't No, i think the seating's dog shit anybody who says Toronto should be playing tampa in the first round when they were that close in points like no they shouldn't be that's shit um in terms of what the Leafs do next, uh, yeah, Dubas should get another crack. His moves were good enough, bringing in Bunting, bringing in Giordano for not and not giving up a first-round pick, uh, bringing in Giordano. Blackwell was a nice little addition that he did. The only thing that he missed on this year was Nick Ritchie. That was it. And, and he traded – well, I mean, I don't know. I didn't think that Kyle Clifford was that bad. And, frankly, I think Kyle Clifford would have played again in this series, but the problem was is that it wasn't – it was super obvious that it wasn't going to be that physical of a series. And it wasn't. It was a very, very run-and-gun series. Like, this may have been one of the least physical series that I've seen played. And you say, well, there's scrums. I mean, there, there barely was any animosity, to be perfectly honest with you. So, he just didn't have a place. And he was just going to slow it down. I mean, after the first game, whatever got suspended. Anyway. Doesn't matter. Nick Ritchie, he made up for it. Got a nice trade out of it. He, he's done enough. Contract extension, again. Part of that is I think is, is that Brandon Shanahan, I think, well, I'm not sure. I think MLse just has faith. I think Brandon Shanahan has done enough and has the board on his side where he can do what he wants still. And there's not, and I can't blame. I mean, I think they've got progressively better. I do. I think this is the best team that they've had in years. Even this team is significantly better than last year's team. Um, but yeah, Keith, I think is, a, yeah, I, I think you're right. Now, again, you have to the, – the thing is that's important to me though is you have to make sure you replace him with somebody who's a veteran coach because you can't, you can't fire the newbie coach and then bring in another, you know, oh, Kyle Dubas buddy kind of young co- – like that can't happen. Like you need to bring in like not torts but yeah, trots, whoever, somebody, somebody who's a veteran coach, somebody who's had experience winning cups, somebody who's been there before. Like I think that's important – Um in Terms of the trade, like trading, I was saying this earlier. I saw tweets online talking about oh, like saying Nylander's the easy trade is just such an out blah blah blah. And I'm like, but it's very true though. Not that I don't think that like trading Nylander is anywhere close to trading, um, the Mar de Rosen. I mean, the Mar de Rosen trade would basically be trading John Tavares, like that's pretty much what that would be because you're not trading Austin Matthews, like it's, it ain't happening so. And you're not trading Mitch Marner. That ain't happening. And I mean, you're not trading John Tavares either. So John Tavares, the, you're not going to be able to trade. It's, no chance. To me, it's With to his, me it's we, or Marner. Those are going to be the. It's those are the only two options. And I don't, I don't think Marner's going anywhere. Um. So and 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 Neylander is a trade piece. And, and we've argued. People can argue this all you want. His effort, or whatever it is. He's got 80 points. He's got two years left on his deal at six point nine six. That's great value for 80 points a year. In this cap area. it is. I mean, at, at the time, his contract looked like absolute dog shit. But I think his value as a player is at an all-time high. And so, you know, at, there's there's guys that are off the books. They actually have a decent amount of cap space going into next year. Not a ton, but a little bit. So I think they have room to sign Campbell at what they want. People are freaking out about goaltending. I think you need to bring Jack Campbell back. I I am I don't know about you, Cam. I've been complete. I would if they brought Campbell back at five and a half, I would not care about that. I actually thought that he was. Good again this year. Yeah, he's fine. Other than what like I mean, one month. I mean, he was the worst goalie in the NHL after November, worst starting goalie. And both him and vasilevsky weren't great in the playoffs. They weren't horrible, but their numbers aren't good enough. Neither of them their numbers aren't good enough. Both of them were under but The problem is who do you add though? over three? That's the question. Uh like do can you get Flurry to sign here? Probably not, because it doesn't sound like he had any interest in coming here before. Do you look into a guy like Jordan Bennington who's going to sound like he's going to be available? I don't know, but uh, five and a half is going to push you right to the limit of the cap. They apparently offered him in season 2.85, which is a million dollars less than Murazic. So it's Well, Mrazik's going to be off the books, too. Like He he won't be back, I don't think. I think they'll try to he's move him. He signed for, yeah, I don't know if they're going to be able to move him. So, if you can move him, we'll great. We'll see, But they're going to try. I think they're going to try like from what I'm hearing in my, in the weeds. I think that's the plan is try to get him off the books and try to move him somewhere. Um, But I I think this is the big, again, this just goes back to even the trade deadline, people yelling for a goaltender and we're like, who? Like, it's not like, like you talk about getting a top four defenseman. Do you think that's tough? Try getting a top tier goalie. That's fucking impossible. If you could have got flurry, you would have done it. That, That was the only guy, but it didn't sound like he had any interest in coming to Toronto. But the thing is, I think you need another 1B if you're going to stick with Campbell. Even at 5.5, you still need somebody who can play games. We well, learned that this season. When Campbell got pushed past that limit of games, he was much worse. Much, much worse. And so I don't think you can run with him trying to play 60 to 70 games a year. So you need somebody who can play 30 games. So I don't know what they're going to do, but there's some interesting questions for them. Yeah, I, we'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, the, the, the middle middle tier guys, I think their depth has actually been excellent. And the depth players have been fine, and I I trust Dubas to go out and find somebody else in free agency. I don't think you need big flashy pieces either. As I said, William Nylander is the best trade option you have. Defense. I actually think you're you're pretty okay on defense. I wouldn't be shocked if Giordano signs another deal in Toronto, um, and and tries to run it back. I mean, he's a Toronto kid anyway. Um, he's kind of getting to the end of his career. I I mean, they better not give him like a three year deal at four and a half million. I don't want to see that um he because he's 37 years old like let's call it what it is i thought he was i thought giordano was excellent in the playoffs i thought he was excellent going down the stretch of the leaves but like you, you can't put yourself in a bad position where all of a sudden you've got like a guy like parise who's you know taking a massive chunk at the end of his career and, and you're kind of screwed right like you don't want anything like that um i mean it's going to be interesting um we're going to hear a lot about it and um yeah, I mean, Keith isn't fired yet. So what? At what point? I mean, he he has to be fired like t- tomorrow. Does he not? Or like soon? I have no. You're not. You're not really in rush until the playoffs are over. But is there not like a Black Monday for coaches? Like DeBoer, Pete DeBoer got fired. No.
1: trots yeah, is Dross like, Dross
0: is out. Yeah, but even like Pete DeBoer's been a while in the making. It wasn't like they decided like one day because then he would have been fired right after the regular season. So these things take takes some time a little bit. It's not the same as some of the other sports. There's no Black Monday where everyone gets fired. The NHL is always so different when it comes to coaches. NFL is still undefeated, though. I love Black Monday. It's the best thing ever. As season ends. See ya. <laughs> so we do got to touch on some of these other first-round matchups. I mean, I think we can move through some of these a little quicker than this. Uh, but Oilers get it done in Game 7. They beat the Kings Game 7. That series was a lot longer. But L.A. played a shutdown-style game did what they needed to Jonathan quick came kind of out of nowhere, played uh, quite good all series and McDavid just stepped up 14 points in the first round. He took over the series in game six and seven when he needed to. I mean, he's obviously the best player in the league. He's not even close. So, I mean, that's nice. I mean, and we talked about this, like Matthews is rumored to get the heart and McDavid's going to get the Ted Lindsay one voted by the writers, one voted by the players. Um, I like that a lot. I, I I think it's fair to split the award up. I mean, if one player is obviously more deserving than the other, that's fine, but um, they can, they can get both, but I think it's okay to acknowledge other people's accomplishments and give two guys an award that are pretty much the same. Just one's by your peers. One's not. Um, I mean, Mike Smith was actually able to stop some pucks down the stretch. That was nice. (laughs) That's what Mike Smith does. He had two shutouts and that's what he is. He's, Costing them games and then he's winning them games. That's what Mike Smith has always done. He's always shown up and got random shutouts and been unbelievable. But then he, the next game, he'll cost you. So it doesn't shock me. It's just what's going to happen against a much tougher Calgary team in round two. Well, and I, I got to give you credit, Cam. You you called out at the start of the year that LA was going to be better than people expected, and you thought they would be a playoff team, and they turned out to be, and they gave Edmonton a run. Like they they really really did. And to be honest, I think it was it was a game two. Or game three, no, I think it was game two that Edmonton blew the doors off of the Kings. And I thought the series was over. I thought it was gonna be a five game series after that. LA comes out and wins one. I'm like, okay, here comes Edmonton. Goodbye. And they hung around and they had a they had a chance, man. Like Edmonton had to get it done and and kudos to them. They got over the hump. And what's your reward? You get to play Calgary. Which I'm thrilled about. Yeah, Battle of Alberta is going to be exciting. Calgary got the job done, too. That was a much tougher series than I think everyone expected as well. Thought everyone was expecting that series to be a lot quicker than it was. And it goes to Game 7 overtime. That was the craziest thing about this weekend is we had a ton of Game 7 overtimes that were super exciting. You get the big guys getting it done in a bunch of those overtimes. Panarin scoring for the Rangers. Goudreau scoring for the Flames. Like, it was exciting. Uh Kudrow and finally gets it done in the playoffs. This guy has been one of the worst playoff performers we've seen in the last like five years. Finally gets it done. Scores in overtime, gets it done. MVP of the first round though. Jake Ottinger. I was gonna say Brady could check. Jake Ottinger. Unbelievable. Like this guy, nine five, four save percentage, one point eight one goals against average, made sixty seven saves in game seven, and his team couldn't get the job done for him. I didn't know who this guy was, to be perfectly honest. I, I like, I never, I mean, this is the problem about never watching Dallas or anything, anybody in that side. The like, guy would never even see him at all. Um, oh, un, unreal performance. I mean, that could be one of the, the better goalie performances we've ever seen, um, at least in recent history. Um, no, absolutely, it was absolutely incredible, and, I mean... I saw this funny tweet that was talking about how, like, man, Dallas is just, or Calgary's going to have so much fun figuring, like, when they shoot the puck on Mike Smith, it actually might go in the net. Like, it's, you know, it's just so funny. Like, that's, but this is, like, this is how teams win Stanley Cups. Their goalie gets super hot like that. And, man, if they got past Calgary, like, whew, if he kept playing like that, you look out because goalies win, <laughs> goalies win people uh, Stanley Cups all the time. Jordan Bennington's a great example of that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Rangers oust the Pens in Game 7 there. Panera gets it done in overtime. Pens were just under the gun here. Three goalies he had to use on a regular basis. Crosby missing games. He was not himself in Game 7. He didn't look good at all. Didn't look like he could skate. Couldn't win a faceoff. Something was up more there. Uh, this leads into me. the like We have three really good matchups in this next second round. Like, you have the Battle of Alberta, you have the Battle of Florida, and then you get Colorado St. Louis, which is always a great series, and then you get the Rangers versus the Canes. I'm like, who is gonna care about that? But uh Rangers got it done. Kind of a messy Metropolitan this year, anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, about time that they you know, back you know, they they had a they had a run a couple of years ago. People in New York like hockey. It, I always love seeing the garden just absolutely blow up like it does. Um yeah, the, it's so funny watching the one clip from it—a fan angle—and people are just screaming at Panarin to shoot the puck. Uh, Bradman gets it done, beauty shot. Uh, Pens blew a three-one lead. Just want to point that out. Pens blew a three-one lead. Brought that up in a group chat today, and nobody cared. Just started ripping on the Leafs again, which I expected. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's um, they had—I mean, for for all of their goalie woes, like I just don't know why they started. Who they did in Game Seven. Like why'd you start Jerry in Game Seven? I thought it was the best option to win, but it I, it didn't matter. They just had too many issues. Malkin was seriously injured. Crosby was seriously injured. He ran three goalies in the series. It was just a mess, and you could just see the old guys' legs ran out as the series went on. New York's a young team, and by the end of the series, that's just that's just what took over. Uh so what we have to say about Pittsburgh is what Cam? How was their performance in Game Seven? Not the best. No, but you you could Not tell there the was. Best. Th- so many reasons behind it, but uh, it'll they be ran what, of, They, they ran out so, of gas. No, they ran out of spicy pork and broccoli. Yeah, I'm still. I yeah, I'm not getting into that. I don't <laughs> care about that. <laughs> uh anyway, Rangers move on. There you go. And the uh, Bruins didn't get it done versus the Canes. So that's that's a positive. That's positive news for me. I'm okay with Boston being out. Canes have won seven Game 7s in a row now. Pretty impressive. It's like the complete opposite of the Leafs. We don't have to bring them (laughs) up anymore. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this will be interesting for the Bruins too. Like, Pittsburgh and Boston, is this end of eras? Like, what's going to happen with Pittsburgh's core? Was that Bergeron's last game will ever uh, see him play? Is he going to retire after the season? It'll be interesting for both teams. I think it's interesting that, you know, like, the thing with Bergeron – retiring is like how much does that affect brad marchand because like people talk people talk about like oh like here's an example well Neilander had a lot of points because he played with good players uh marchand played with like one of the most underrated centers i guess i mean he's not the flashiest guy in the league but it's kind of like phil Deneau. like deno is as you call it would say is like one of the most probably the most underrated center in the league but yeah, Bergeron's it, sneaky good up there. Yeah, I just, it's, I have a tough time saying Bergeron is underrated anymore because we talk about him all the time as being underrated. And at a certain point, you're not underrated if everyone always talks about you being underrated. But you get those defensive centermen who are always underrated. Bergeron, Copertard to know. These guys are never talked about the same way because they don't put up the points. I I just don't want, I, I don't know how Martian's going to do. I don't really care. I did see a, a thing on Twitter about, like, oh, wouldn't it be great to have him on the Leafs? And I'm like, oh, my fuck. I don't know how I'd feel about that. I mean, everybody likes them on your team, but nobody likes to play against them. Uh Panthers beat the Caps in game six. Uh I was rooting for the Caps, man. I, I still do not think is a good team. I, I just I d di- they're just not that good defensively. Sergey bravovsky is just he's not he's not Sergei Brovowski when he played on um uh, played for the Blue Jackets, and I hope they get absolutely doused by Tampa. To be perfectly honest with you, I I just don't like this team. This is, reminds me of when last year when I thought I didn't like Winnipeg and I didn't like Edmonton last year in the playoffs. I really didn't. I thought both of those teams were going to get absolutely fucked up by the Habs, and they did. So that's kind of where I'm at with Florida. I really hope Tampa just puts the boots to them. Yeah, I, I, I like Florida. I think I'm, well, we'll get into our predictions, but I like Florida as a team. They showed up all season. They showed that they can score. They have Ekblad now back full time, so that's huge for them. And they have multiple goalies. If Pabrowski can't get the job done, Spencer Knight's been unbelievable at times too. So I'm not worried about any part of that team. I just think they're deeper. Their scoring is way deeper than almost any team other than maybe Colorado. I like Florida a lot, and they got the job done here when they kind of needed to at the end of the series. St. Louis beats the Wild. In six, uh, I like St. Louis in this series. I had them in my bracket uh, from the start. Um, again, veteran team. I thought they were pretty good down the stretch. And the Wild, you know, they kind of went all in to a certain extent. Like they got they got their their championship veteran pedigree goalie and Marc Andre Fleury. You know, they had they thought they had all the pieces. They had Kaprizov, They had you know Parise, All these kind of guys, and uh, they fall short. In, the, in six games. And I mean, th- this talks about a little bit about the value of of having that playoff experience. I think that that's a, a, an X factor and intangible that, you know, unfortunately can't be taught until you actually get it done and, and gain that experience. Um, I, I don't know what's next for the Wild though, man. Yeah, this was this was the issue with the Wild they had to go all in this year because next year they get 13 million against the cap due to Suter and Parise's buyouts. The next two years after that, it's almost 15 million against the cap, in both the next two seasons. So this was their year because now they are in cap uh, recapture penalties for the next three seasons significantly. So they had to try and push in a little bit. When you have Carell here, you have a couple other really good players. Now they're in trouble. It's going to be a mess for them. But yeah, St. Louis was the veteran team. I thought I didn't really have Minnesota winning this series, but. Uh, you never knew they had good goaltending. It was interesting to see them go K- Cam Talbot in that last game. But uh yeah, it's just gonna be a mess for the wild. But St. Louis is a good team, so. That's another one that I like really question. Like, why are you putting Cam Talbot in? Like, no offense, but I mean you're just you're thinking the boys don't trust Marc Andre Fleury. Like he's he's been a stud. He won the Vesna two years ago. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I like just like, that's the problem I have. is Like, sometimes you just, I, I almost feel like coaches out-coach themselves sometimes. And that one feels, to me, like, I don't know. I, I'm not in the room. I think that's the other problem is, is like, maybe, you know, whatever. They're going to decide what they, what they were going to do. But to put, to take out a veteran, Vezna-winning goalie in the recent years is, is pretty nuts to me. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche um, as, uh, what's-his-face, Sutter in Calgary. Daryl Sutter was wrong. It wasn't a waste of eight days. It was a waste of seven days. Oof. Oof, yeah. I mean, I, just, there's, not, there's not too much to talk about this series. McKinnon, not shocking. McKinnon talks about McCarr being arguably the best player in the league. I think he's still like fourth in points, and they played four games. He had ten points in four games. He's still like fourth in playoff scoring. Disgusting. He, like scored another nasty goal, a couple nasty goals in the playoffs. I mean, you thought Nashville might have a chance at one game. Nah, no. They no, they just couldn't get it done. Not that shocking. i mean, if if Colorado didn't come out of this, I think that would be that probably would be the biggest, that one of the biggest upsets I've seen in more recent years. yeah. so uh, that touches on the first round. It was exciting. We had a ton of game sevens here, five game sevens. So I know you're against this whole playoff format. But this is what the NHL wanted. Now we're getting the Battle of Alberta in the second round. We're getting the Battle of Florida in the second round. We had five game sevens with how many overtimes in game sevens, like this is why it's done this way. The NHL likes it. You get rivalries all over the place all the time. And it was close series. So it's definitely not changing after this season. The only comment I want to make about that, Cam, is that you don't know. Like I understand that the parity in the NHL is higher than any other league by far. But why wouldn't you at least give chances? Like the way that it shook out might shake out the same if it was seeded the other way. That's my only argument. Because it it's like all you're doing is eliminating really good teams in the first round and you could say, well, they're all really good teams. Well, maybe, but maybe they're not like maybe, maybe the only reason that we're getting game sevens is you're putting two really good teams against each other and then you're putting two mediocre teams against each other. Like no offense to Carolina Boston, but I mean, I, I don't know if, if Boston plays Toronto, maybe Toronto fucks them up. Maybe Carolina gets torched by Tampa I or the other way around. I don't know. Carolina like, was I mean, the second seed, so like they were ahead of I, Toronto, and Tampa. I know, but like, how how would it have worked if you reseeded it? Like, it would have been Florida versus Washington. You have Florida, Washington, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Boston, Rangers, Tampa. That seems like a better matchup to me. But again, but even I, you I, get like Rangers. Rangers finished ahead of Tampa too, in the standings. So like Carolina finished second. Rangers finished fourth. So you do have like, it's not like if the, you. Re- Atlantic finish, finish way ahead. No, but if you reseeded it one, like if you seeded it like one to eight, like it's not. You're saying the rain? Who are the Rangers playing then? The Rangers are four. The four seed. Tampa is the five seed. Okay, so but Tampa. That's... Tampa was still the, one of the lower seeds, so it wasn't even crazy for them to be playing Toronto. No, it was I know. One win away from that being the case, anyways. No, so. I know, I know, and I, I I get it. Like I get I get all of that, and and I, get, I think this year is maybe a a bigger a bit different example. But like you kind of do it. Like you, you, you give the one seed the eighth seed in the wild card. So you're already kind of doing it. So why would you not just do it all the way? One, Rivalries. two, are playing seven, eight. That's ah, fucking Rivalries. Garbage. Rivalries. It's
1: rivalry. That's not rivalry. Nobody wants Nobody to see. Like,
0: ca- oh, yeah. Everyone cares. The ratings are way up. People do care. Nobody wants to watch Rangers Tampa in the first round. There's nothing exciting about that. Rangers Penguins have a big rivalry. Sorry? Rangers Penguins have a big rivalry? They play in the Metro all the time. They play each other all the time. It's more of a rivalry than Tampa. I don't know. I just don't get why you wouldn't want to see the best teams be there later in this in the, in the playoffs. I think that's my only point. And you could argue, well, yeah, the best teams, they won. Like Tampa beat Toronto, so Tampa's a better team, so they won, so they move on. And I'm like, is it? Like, I don't know. What's the worst team that moved on? According to the standings, so you had Florida move on, correct? Yeah. Yeah. The worst team that moved on is t- t- uh, Tampa. That doesn't one, help two, my argument. Four seeds. No, the one, two, four, and five seeds moved on in the East. Okay, <laughs> so, so the f- so four not- and five, <laughs> four and five moving on though. Like again, you have two middle. I don't know. I think this. Okay, it doesn't help my argument. But all I'll say is... In the West, He actually had the two seed not go through. Yeah, the West, you could have more of an argument because you had Minnesota, who was the number two seed. They had to play the four seed. Right. So, okay, the there, there you really go. isn't that screwed up. But the, also, the East is just better, in my opinion, across the board. Like, I think that's where it's like... When I was talking about parity, like, that's kind of where you're right. It doesn't necessarily matter, really, because everybody's really close. I mean, how many 100-point teams do we have? Like, A lot so, but in the way, I don't know. I just, yeah, it's not, an, it's not an excuse, it is what it is. We move on. I, I just, again, I just think it's really dumb that, like, hypothetically, you could have the one, two, three seed in the Atlantic, like, you could have Florida, one, Toronto, two, Tampa, three, and Florida's playing the eight seed, and two, three, Toronto are playing in the first round. Like, that seems wrong to me, yeah. It- I mean, you have that's the two my only point. That, that's last. my point. Yeah, it could be wrong. It's likely not to happen because you play more of your division, and that's why it's set up this way, the same way. Same way you get it in baseball, same way you get it in football, is you play your division more. So that's how it impacts the standings a certain way. But uh, moving into the second round, let's start Battle of Florida. How are you feeling? I mean, you've made your opinion pretty clear. I mean, I don't feel like I have a choice. My profile picture is the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I, I, I just. The problem that I have with Florida is I've watched them play. I, I saw them play in Toronto, and you could say, well, that's just one game. I think they're super weak defensively. Like I just didn't like how they played defensively. I do not think that Sergei Bobrovsky is a good goaltender in the playoffs I, I, at all. Um, Washington was not that good of a team, and I really thought that Washington had a legit chance to win that series. And fuck Washington because I took the under on one game with some decent money, and they fucked it right at the end. So fuck Florida. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, I look at it and say like, you know, Florida one has won. They won their first playoff series since 1996. They have zero experience playing uh, in the second round, really, um, in forever. And Tampa, again, has been there. And I thought Tampa played really good hockey. As much as I thought the Leafs played good hockey, I thought Tampa played excellent discipline, um, very structured a very structured game and i just i feel that that experience is what's going to take them over the edge and i don't feel like you know florida's really a run and gun style style team i don't think they're that sound defensively and if you give up a lot of chances to tampa they're going to make you pay and that's exactly what the leafs did and i think that's exactly what florida did um for me in this series i probably am going to take tampa in 6 i think tampa's going to get i think tampa's going to win Win the first, lose the second. uh, Probably win uh, games uh, uh, three and four at home, lose uh, game five in Florida, and win game six back in Tampa, and uh, and move on to the Eastern Conference final. I think they're going back there. I really don't want to see them make the Cup final, but I still think they're one of the best teams. I think it's easy to discount them because you could say, well, they've you know they're banged up, brain points hurt. didn't look good after Game Seven. That was really horrible to see. By the way, he I, won't play in Game One. They've announced he won't be playing tomorrow night. No, he won't be. I I, I thought that as a hockey fan, I hated seeing him going to the boards like that. I thought I just felt horrible for him. Um, but I, I just think that just it, it's so so easy to say. Well, they've won two in a row. They're out of gas. They got experience, man. They've been there before. And if Azzy can pick up his game even a little bit, I, I just don't think Florida can get it done. Yeah, I, I'm all over the Panthers here. I'm going to take the Panthers in seven. Uh, Tampa's D sucks. They're way worse than Florida's D. They have Hedman and then nobody after that who's any good. Vasilevsky looked like he had holes in it. And if you're going to play run and gun, Panthers are going to win it all day long over Tampa Bay in this series. Florida could score. more. They scored more goals than anybody ever this season. They could score every up and down this lineup all over the place. Aaron Ekblad's back looking good, so their defense is stronger. I just think they're a deeper, better team. And they can score all over the lineup, which a team like Toronto didn't do. So you get a team like Florida who's going to be able to score on Tampa much better. I just like Florida here. I'm going to take Florida and Southern. I think it's going to be a tight series. The experience of Tampa is going to push it that long, but Florida's a better team. They showed it all year. Ooh. All right. I don't mind the battle of Florida. I, I am going to bring up my comment that I do find it just shocking that we have that the love that Florida hockey gets. I know that it's more modern day, but I just find it so wild that somehow – uh, NHL hockey has become synonymous with Florida. Like, I get that it's not all Florida players, but overall, I mean, that comment in general is just a testimony to the fact that, you know, so- somebody somewhere in Florida has taken, taken a liking to hockey. I mean, Tampa, obviously, but even the Panthers, they've been a dumpster fire forever, and all of a sudden they're just this this good team now, which is, I mean, that's how the NHL works, but I really hope they don't have I empty mean, seat in Florida, though, for the Panthers games. I hope not. Do you know the only team who didn't sell out a game in the first round of the playoffs? Leafs did. Did they? Because they hadn't into game seven then. They didn't have a single sellout. They were the only team going into game that's a, seven. That's what, that's what I was saying. That's oh. what I was saying. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they were the only team going into game seven who hadn't had a sellout in the playoffs. By the way, that's not ticket sales, just so you know. That's actual building attendance. No, that was ticket sales. There were still tickets you could buy through the site. Like standing room? I don't know if that was just, that was just sports the sports I was talking about. The problem, the problem that I have with that is, is like they do. So like, if you try to buy Leafs tickets through like Ticketmaster or through whatever, they, they surge them similar to how Uber would like, if a game yeah. is important, they jack them, which like, I don't want to pay $250 to go to standing room. Like, sorry, I don't, It ain't happening. So yeah, I mean, I think that's terrible. But I think that's part of the other problem is is that if that's corporate Toronto Maple Leafs like that's what we've been talking about forever. I thought again, I thought this year they were better in terms of the fan energy for sure. I was in the building game too. I thought it was unreal. But when you're that corporate, I mean that's why they're one of the most uh, wealthy or um, they're worth the, mo- the most as a team in the in all of the NHL uh, is because of that corporate and just love of the fan base. But um, I, I wish there was. It was cheaper. to have more fans in the building, though. I, I gotta be because when when it the, what was it, the Leafs were down five three in the third period, like thirteen minutes left in game two, the lower board cleared out to avoid traffic on the Don Valley Parkway. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? And on the Gardner? like, come on, what the what the fuck are we doing here? Okay, getting back into relevant teams, Canes Rangers. Uh, Canes Rangers. This is a series that I don't know if I'll watch at all. I don't think the Rangers are that good, and I think the Canes are going to just show what they show. They're going to be super defensive. They're going to find a way to score. They'll get good goaltending, whether it's going to be Ranta if Anderson's coming back. I just think they're going to shut shut it down like they do. I really think the Canes are going to win this in five? Five or six. I'm going to go five. Ooh. Canes in five. Ooh, that is spicy. Um, Rod the Bod's going to win this series. Tell you that for free. Um, yeah, they're a good team, man. I mean, gay, Carolina has been good for a couple of years, like consistently showing up in for the last couple of years. Um, Rangers got out, as you said, because Pitt got tired. Their big boys kind of got banked up Um, and the Rangers were able to take advantage. Uh, Shostarkins looked awful, awful, awful in the first round. Um, If he can pick it up a little bit, then there may be a chance. Like if he plays like he did during the regular season, it could be a seven game series. I don't know if if that's going to happen. So I'm going to take the Canes in six. I think, I think they they're going to do enough to get at least a couple dubs. I think they'll probably get one. They'll get two. I'm trying to think of this here. Uh, they'll get two at home. So they'll get a. Oh, can they get two at home? No, they can't. They can unless they sweep at home. Hmm. Maybe Canes in five is a fight. Nah, fuck it. Canes and six somehow they're going to win one in Carolina. It's probably going to be like a three, three game that goes to over overtime in game two. The Rangers are going to win that game and then they're going to lose the first one at home win the second at home. And then they're going to lose in, in Carolina losing New York. And there you go. Six, uh, six game series for the Canes. Um, yeah. Set up a nice Canes Tampa series. Avalanche Blues. Uh, Sears will be good. Blues always play tough, especially playoff time. We saw the way they took kind of care of the business in round one. They're going to get good goaltending, whether it's going to be Huso or Bennington. You just feel pretty good about this team overall as a playoff team. I think they're going to give Colorado a run for its money at times. But Colorado's the best team in the NHL. They're just the best team in the NHL, up and down the lineup, everything they do. Uh, If Kemper can play decent in net, they're going to find a way to win this series. I'm actually going to go avs in 6 though. I think uh, St. Louis is going to be pesky and they're going to win a couple. I'm going to go um yeah, I I mean, I've got a McKinnon jersey that was hanging up on the bar before it got destroyed by renovations. Uh Colorado has been my team in the West for years and years and years before they were good. When they were shit. I love Joe Sakic back in the day. Um little 5'10 guy. I was a small guy playing hockey growing up. always always loved Joe Sakic. Um part of the 2002 uh, Canadian men's Olympic team. Uh, You know, how old was I then? I was eight years old. Uh, He was just a stud, one of the heroes of mine growing up. I always loved Colorado. They do have the best team, I think by, uh, by far. Um, I think this series though, I think it's either going to be five or seven. I think they're either going to dominate and St. Louis squeaks out one, or or I think it's going to go the distance. Um, I think it's an easy way to look at it when it's in round two and you have two good teams. Uh, I'm going to take Avs in seven, though. I think they could definitely, um, you know, I, I think they could, if they get complacent, I think that St. Louis is sneaky good and they still have that pe- playoff pedigree, as we talked about, playoff pedigree, Stanley Cup experience where they can take advantage of some sloppy play or some or some silly mistakes or, or a bad start um, and they can they can you know, force it the way they need to. So give me the Avs in seven. I like it. The big series, the one I think everyone in Canada is looking forward to, the Battle of Alberta. This is the one that we all wanted. If Calgary couldn't have got it done in game seven, we would have all been disappointed. Yeah, 100%. Nobody really want to see that. But uh, Battle of Alberta, we got McDavid, Goudreau. This will be an exciting series. You have Nasty. Markstrom, who's been playing unbelievable. This, we better to me, see a is, goalie fight. <laughs> this, to me, is just going to come down to Can McDavid win a series? Can he win a second round? Because Calgary is a much better team. Top to bottom, Calgary is the better team. They have multiple lines of scoring. They have unbelievable goaltending. Their defense is fairly solid. Calgary is a much better team. But McDavid is the best player in the NHL. And he showed in round one. I know you said it was against the LA Kings. But he still took over. He put up 14 points in seven games. He took over in game six and seven when they needed him to take over. He was the best player on the ice. So can he do that consistently? I guess we'll find out. Uh, but I'm going to take Flames in six. I just don't think Edmonton's a strong enough team, and I don't trust their goaltending. And and I think the big thing, Cam, is that, is that this is going to be a much more physical series, and I don't feel like Edmonton is necessarily primed for that. I think the X factor in this series, again, is going to be Evander Kane. I mean, the guy scored seven goals in the first round. Um, he If he's going to play to the tier that he's capable of, and there's lots of drama and shit surrounding him all the time, but he's an excellent nhl hockey player. And he if 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 he's going to play up to his potential, he could be absolutely a nightmare for the opposition. Um I mean obviously goaltending goes Calgary's way. I don't think that's a question to anybody. Um I think Calgary offensively you know it, it's it's going to be pretty even. I really like Calgary's defense the way they play. Um it, this this one's going to be a coin flip. I just think whoever can really grind through that physical play. Um and I don't I I don't think it's going to be Edmonton unfortunately. I just to me, I think if you get really physical with McDavid, you get really physical with Drysdale and we know even looking at that first round, Calgary is not afraid to be physical and get down and dirty, scrap, get guys in the box, really try to disrupt the flow of the play. I think they're going to be able to get that done. And I think it's going to be Calgary in seven. I I'm just manifesting this. I hope, I mean, I I hope I personally, I'm rooting for Calgary. I don't really care about Edmonton whatsoever. And maybe this is because of like Jerome McGinley. I, again, 2002 love Jerome McGinley growing up. Uh, I thought he was an absolute legend. Um, I cheered for Calgary when they, uh, you know, when they went on their run, however many years ago that was mid two thousands, early two thousands. um, I don't know if I had to, if I had to pick a side. I like Calgary. I like Calgary in seven. Sea yeah, of red, like baby. Sea of red. I want to see a Game Seven battle of Alberta. We all want to see be that. Un... as just hockey fans. As a Man. hockey fan, you want to see it. The thing is, is like I like. I always see these things online of like people like, oh, like what's my team's out? I can't imagine even bandwagoning or cheering for another team. I'm like, no, dude. I mean, like either you're like, and I'm fine. If you if you want to be a, a specific team fan, like that's fine. But to me, I'm a hockey fan before I'm a Leaf fan. Like I love, like give me like a great game. That's one of the things I liked about Tampa and Toronto was it was just a really, really good hockey, and that's what I want to see in this series. Similar to the NFL, like when Miami is out of the playoffs, could you imagine if we were like, oh fuck it, like no more football, I guess? Because Miami, are you kidding me? Do you have any moments like unreal football moments and unreal games you would miss if you just like didn't care or didn't watch? Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Calgary in seven. Sea of red. Thunder. That was weird, though. Did they play Thunderstruck after they won? I think they did. That was kind of weird. It's like Florida playing Thunderstruck when the Tampa comes out on the ice. that that also be weird. That happened earlier in the season. Anyway. Um. Exciting weekend for golf. I know the Leafs will be oh. golfing. Oh, well... You might see some of them out on your course, right? Eh? There's a very good chance. Have you Have you looked at the T-sheet yet? I have not been paying that close attention to the T-sheet. So uh, I can tell you nobody was out there the day after Game 7 like last year. So. so that's good. Hopefully they're in the gym working out. But, I mean, I'm sure you get those guys out there. Uh, PGA Championship goes this week. Did you see, before we get to the most important thing that we're all waiting for, did you see the foreplay guys walking with Tiger Woods? I have two questions. The first one is, why the fuck were they walking with Tiger Woods on 17? I have no idea, but it was awesome. And Tiger like, the, knew, all, knew them all by name, too, when they went up and were walking with The second question I have is, Tiger Woods comes up to you and he's like, yo, Charlton, Turf King, my brother, and gives you a dap up. How are you not passing out on the fairway? You you just would you I don't think I'd be able to talk. (laughs) Like he goes like he's like Riggs. Where's oh Riggs, my brother? What's up? It daps him up, gives him the hug, and then they walk up like like just like a team up the ferry. I was like, man, I don't know how I don't know how they manage that. This is all we hope for on this podcast. Could you imagine we get to meet Tiger one day? That'd be great. That's what that's what we're doing. I think we're a long ways off from that. Well, you never know. You can dream big, right? If you can't, if you don't dream big, then. You know how many dreams, uh, Cam? Yeah. Important tournament. Yeah. Give us the Turf King report for Southern Hills. Yeah, Southern Hills Country Club. This will be interesting because the uh, there's been lots of majors there played before. Uh, 2007, Tiger Woods won the PGA Championship there, his fourth Wanamaker. It's changed drastically. This is not the same golf course, if you watched it in 2007, that you saw. Gil Hans went in and did a renovation in 2018 to bring it back to its roots, which I believe is 1926 Maxwell. It's a crazy design course. It's unbelievable. So some of the things you're gonna notice, very different from last time around, is the greens. These greens are way more Piners-esque now. A lot of runoffs, a lot of short grass around them. They are tiny. These greens are so small. They've now brought in the Creek again, which wasn't there before. Uh, you really have a creek all over the place. It got kind of taken out with all the renovations. There was a ton more trees. They've really brought it back to the original, which is way better. It's tight, though. This course is going to be tight. Uh, you got to keep it straight and you got to hit to small greens. So you're going to have long clubs into small greens. This is going to be guys like Colin Mark are going to be. I think Colin Mark is going to have a great week here because it's just a guy who hits it straight and just knows his iron distance and is one of the best long iron hitters in the world. Uh, it's unbelievable course. You saw Max Homa tweet out today. He's only played nine holes there today, and it might be in his top three favorite courses. That's how good of a course Southern Hills is, especially now that they've brought it back to the original design. Uh, you're going to see a lot of weird shots around the greens, like 30 yards off that run off the greens. Uh, the bunkers for a while were more Augusta-esque where they were all perfectly round and shaped. They've gone back to more of their classic look where there's some outcoves, there's some interesting things. It's going to be a true test of, it's going to be different though. So the PGA will hopefully set it up decently where it's going to see scoring and reward really good shots. It's not going to be the U S open. It's not going to be the masters at times where bad shots or, or good shots are going to get hit hard. That's so not what gonna hat. will be That's... happy. Yeah, he should be happy. Uh, <laughs> it's just an unbelievable course. Like I know probably people don't appreciate a lot of the golf courses as much as Augusta, but Southern Hills is right up there in the top 10 courses, especially since the renovations. And, uh, there's a couple of videos on YouTube going through hole by hole. So uh, Golf Digest does a good one, and then there's another couple on there. Fried Egg does a good one. If you really want to take a look at the course, it's it's unbelievable. It's going to be a great week there. Tiger Woods has got the job done at Southern Hills in two thousand seven. Uh, so let's see what he can do there again. So I'm going to rattle off a couple of quick picks. Um, we're definitely not, not going to do like the same master of shows we've done before. But I got a couple of picks that I want to throw at you. Uh, you let me know what you think um and and we'll go from there. Uh my first pick is uh is Scotty Scheffler at plus 1100. And the only reason I'm picking this is cuz I didn't pick him in the Masters and I got fucking burned. So plus 1100, 11 to 1, I will take Scotty Scheffler. Uh the second pick and this is the third best odds is Rory McIlroy at plus 1400. Another guy who Again, like he's second at the Masters and he turns it up on the last day and shoots an unbelievable score at Augusta. Um, He he came up with a quote recently and just said, Man, I've been close. Basically, like this is not exactly what the quote said, but it was more so, I've been close. Like many, many times I've been close. I feel my game is close. I feel like it's, I'm just going to keep going out there, playing the best golf that I can. And eventually it's going to work out for me. And I think it should. At some point, the way that Rory McIlroy strikes the ball, Um, I mean, it's got to come sooner or later. If a guy like Phil Mickelson can win last year, there's no reason why Rory McIlroy can't go out and do it. Um, Plus 1400. Again, the odds are not great. Uh, I think that more than likely, when he has a bad first round, as he usually does, uh, and he's you know sitting just uh, just below the cut line, that might be a good chance on day two to pick him up at better odds uh, to win the tournament. uh, Top ten. Top top, t- top well top ten for sure. He's going to backdoor that. Uh, but but that after after Thursday's horrible round, you got a top ten. Yes. Don't do it but beforehand. I, but I, the odds but good he, enough he if if he can put up a decent round, though, I think if he can like because he's third best odds. So logically, if he's sitting in T fifteen after day one, then his odds should be better than plus fourteen hundred to win. So, uh, that's just logic. So I think that'd be a great opportunity to pick up Rory on day 2, pick him up at a nice number, uh somewhere in the range of tw- you know 20 to 1, 25 to 1, get him at plus 2000 something like that. Uh and and see if you can get there. And I I hate to say it, but I like Tiger at 75 to 1. This is back plus 7500. Tiger Woods to win outright This is an area where like earlier when it was the masters i was complaining because it was like tigers like 46 plus 4600 plus 4500 46 to 1 uh, i didn't think the odds were nearly good enough to be able to take a shot at it cuz i'm like this is kind of shit uh 75 to 1 now nah, you're talking my language baby he looks much better walking around the golf course and it's nice to see him smiling confident um, he's had a, he's had a you know a couple you know a little bit longer a little over a month a month or so a uh, month and a half to recover from the Masters and really try to strengthen after that. Uh, as a long shot, 75 to 1. I don't mind that at all. Boom. There's my three picks for you. Yeah, I like them all. Scotty Scheffler, you just can't bet against Scotty Scheffler right now. It's it's just stupid. He's shown us so much this year. This has been one of the best years we've seen for from anybody not named Tiger Woods. Uh, Rory McIlroy, here's something that I do like. You've I, have, I don't know the odds on it, but I had seen it in a couple places. Rory, Rory McIlroy to record the lowest round of the week. He's a guy who, if he's playing as good as he can, he can light up Southern Hills. And nobody on the tour can go as low as Rory McIlroy right now. Uh, I love it. It will know Thursday, though. If Thursday he's in contention, he's probably going to win. If he's not, he's going to backdoor that top 10. Tiger, I love it. Um, I will never bet against Tiger Woods in a golf tournament, especially a place he's won before. Because you've learned in the past that if he likes a golf course, he will play well there for years. Uh, Leg looks stronger. He looks much better. My favorite pick of the week, again, I don't have the odds in front of me, but it's Colin Morikawa. This guy has two majors already. He's just the best ball striker with long irons on the entire tour. Uh, so I really like Colin Morikawa here this week. He's won the PGA before. And then the other guy, Brooks Kepka, just shows up in majors. He is really good at PGA championships, the way they set up the golf courses. So Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, those are two of the ones that I really like. Uh, Colin Morikawa plus 1,800, 18-1. Uh Brooks got plus 3,500 on Bet365 right now. 35 to 1. Uh, the only other one I want to throw out is Tyrell Hatton at plus uh, 8,000. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. That'll that'll be okay. Um, I mean, he was bitching and complaining about how you don't get rewarded for good golf shots. So now this is a put up or shut up kind of round, man. I actually don't mind Tyrell Hatton at, uh, at a top 10 to be perfectly honest if you really don't like um or like if you actually believe that he's playing good golf and uh yeah and 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 should be rewarded i think that could be a little sneaky top 10 pick yeah i love the fire trial hatton has this is a course where if you hit it in the right spots you won't get We won't get penalized the same way you do at Augusta. Augusta, it's not about hitting the right spots; it's about not hitting the wrong spots. So this is a very different golf course there. If you hit middle greens here, you'll be fine. So if you hit good golf shots, you will be rewarded here. It could play tough, could play easy. We'll see what the PGA of America does with this tournament, but I'm super excited. It's gonna is an unbelievable golf course. Corey Connors. Yeah, I mean Corey Connors again, one of the smoothest tempos in the world. And I will always like throwing a top five, top 10 on Corey Connors in the majors. He plays well, but uh, seems to be something about a mas- masters and Augusta for Corey Connors more than the other tournaments. But uh, again, he's a phenomenal ball striker. It's just, we'll see if the putting in the short game can hold up at a place like Southern Hills. I mean, I mean, I don't think they're offering top Canadian. I didn't see it come down, but I mean, the odds for him should be pretty good. Um, I like that though. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, this is a big field. I think this is the biggest difference with this as opposed to the Masters is this field is enormous, right? Yeah. As opposed to as opposed to the, what the Masters is, right? So like some of the odds that are out here, like, I mean, if, like the biggest odds you can get is plus three thousand, plus 000, 3, 000 to one. <laughs> like, man, there there are just. Oh, there's there's so many of them. I don't even know, like looking down this list, any of these guys' names. But, I mean, at a 3000 to one, you got to put a dollar on all of them, don't you? So the, the difference with the PGA of America Championship, the PGA Championship, is you get a lot of uh, PGA pros, like head pros from golf courses across the states who qualify. So that's why you'll never heard of any of these names. It's like if uh, Ryan at Craig Allen qualified. Like he could go technically qualify for for an event like this. The PGA Championship has all the PGA of America uh, head pros who can qualify for it. So that's where you will never have any idea who any of these guys are. But like, it's not like has any of these guys ever won? No. No, like it's. I think it, it's a big big deal if they make the cut. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, considering like these these guys also does Kiz is this one that Kiz has a chance to make or not? I just think Southern Hills plays too long for kids to really have a chance yeah. it's, it's a crazy long course there's one hole, a okay, 14 who, that, that, like for regular play it's a par 5 for this it's a par 4 so they, they've just stretched it out uh, again Kiz putts really well and if you can keep it straight that's important you cannot be offline here but uh, it's just too long I think for Kiz which is fair he does say that certain tournaments he has no chance of winning but the pay the pay is still not too bad for a yeah. top 30, top 40 finish. Make the cut and you get an okay payday at a major. Not the worst thing ever. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays have been bad lately. Lost five of the last not, six. Not, not Lost good. Lost five of the last six. Not good. Not the best. Getting healthier. Uh, Getting healthier. Teo's back. Danny Jansen's back. Things are looking a little better. Rio looked okay in his last start. So he's back. Uh, The bats have just gone cold. It's across majors. Like if you look at the Jays batting stats, they're sitting 16th, which is not good by any means, but it's not as bad as everyone's making out to be Batting's just way down in general, but this should be a top five offense. Hopefully they can stop gripping the bats a little tight and uh, start figuring it out a bit here. Cause they're, they've great players and this top half of this, batting lineup should do better. They've been really unfortunate with a lot of plays. They have the worst batting average with balls hit in play, which doesn't make sense. And they have, I think, their second or third in hard hit balls. So you're hitting the ball extremely hard in play, and you're not getting any hits out of it. So that can't keep up all season. So a lot of the analytics around the Jays hitting is good for them. But at some point, you just have to start winning games. So all these analytics and these things that go wrong don't matter. Baseball is a long season, so they're not out of it yet. They're still sitting okay, but uh, they got to start picking up some wins. I mean, they're one game over 500. I, I think the biggest thing that I would look at in the Jays is, is really, as you said, like early season, like you're looking at big picture. I mean, last year they had a fucking terrible start. Uh, in April they didn't win any games they didn't win almost any games in May they were like sitting at like plus or say they like 0.25 or plus or 0.3 um like going into June and then they turned it up down the stretch and they missed the playoffs by like two games so like, game. we talked about the one game yeah we talked about this last year right we said hey you know you win a few more games earlier in the season you're right there right you know that baseball with 162 games the way that it works is you're not going to get like the, what is it the best teams in the major leagues lose one out of three games yeah you're still losing they win, they win two, two out of three the best team yeah yeah you're winning two you're, out of three you're, you're winning you're winning two out of three so and even though yeah, yeah, the worst teams in the league are they still win like 60 games so I know and well unless you're the Reds the Reds yeah, I don't I don't know. Six, six time ever. We yesterday. have to talk about this. We have to talk okay. about this. Yeah, the Reds somehow threw a no hitter and lost. <laughs> so like you put this as a title: Reds throw no hitter. You're like, wow, what a dub, what a great. And they nope. lost. Lost one nothing. No hits. Just one nothing lost. Outrageous. How do you lose? How do you, how do you lose? Like you walked four guys and they scored a run. Well, like you could have like. Yeah, you you walk a guy. He somehow gets he a, out, like a wild pitch or steals, and then you get a sack fly to get moved to third. And then it was a fielder's choice that ended up being the winning, the, the run. So it was a fielder's choice. So that doesn't count as a hit either. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Actually, watched the game, but I just saw the stat line. And it's still nuts. It's the first time since dude, 2008 it's happened. It's only the sixth time in a full nine game, nine inning game that it's ever happened. Dude, how as I just want to talk, how on a fielder's choice are you not throwing home? Question though, like seriously. I, not, I mean there's maybe it wasn't no play. The,
1: yeah, I mean maybe there could be uh, no play.
0: I mean maybe. Anyway, Cincinnati's won 9 games. That's yeah, for That's that is just that is not good. The second worst team is um is the Nationals, and they've only won 12. So I mean that's not great either, but 0. 0.257 win percentage is is fucking abysmal. That is they, they might not win 60 games. They might not win 50 games. No. But, uh, yeah, just kind of cycling back on the Jays a bit here. They have the skill to get it done. They can go in a of run as anybody. The starting rotation is unbelievable. One through three, maybe the best in the league. And then you add in guys like Ryu, Stripling, and Kikuchi's looked good again tonight. So, uh, it's it's just things are looking good. You can't complain. I mean, if you're complaining about this roster, then I, you have there's no hope for you because I don't really know how much better it can be. And like we're not even talking about like our, because we're not even close to this, but like they're could they add somebody at the deadline because they add somebody through the middle of the season. There's always movement in baseball, always always always. You know, is this a year where they feel they have a good enough roster? I mean, Ross Atkins last year was talking about how they're they're right there and they're one or two pieces away from being um I almost said super bowl contenders. They're one or two people uh, players away from being pennant contenders. And they'll be as aggressive as they have to be next year, and they've had a decent start. So, long season, they Got a long way yeah. to go. But we're, I, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm actually okay though. I'm okay. I would rather have a early to mid season slump than to be like, like going down the stretch, and you've lost like seven or eight games, just squeaking the playoffs. Like that, that's the worst case scenario. Yeah, and I'm just excited to get back to the ballpark. Sunny days. The roof was open tonight for the first time. That's where I need to be. Let's go enjoy the Jays. Let's enjoy the season because it's going to be a good two to three years here where it's going to be unbelievable. So uh, I'm excited. There's a lot of games left, and they'll find a way to get the job done a little better. Yes, sir, indeed. Finally, on our list of stuff to talk about. By the way, can we, I, I I this isn't on our on our schedule list, but man, did the Mavs ever blow the Suns out last night,
1: like yeah, just
0: Luka, to the moon, just Luka, smoked them. Yeah, Luka Doncic was outscoring the Suns in the first half by himself. Luka Doncic, if 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 Luka Doncic had zero points, the Mavs still won by five. Like that's how nuts that game was, and he like and he played pretty well, like. I, He's just one of those X Factor players, man. Like, he just, and, and guys, I mean, Pat Bev was on first, first, uh, was it, what's it called? First take sure. with, uh, Stephen A. Smith. was talking about today and was like, yeah, man, like, like, talking about Chris Paul and Chris Paul's bum. And he was talking about Luca and he's like, man, like, uh, players around the league, man, they, they gotta watch, you gotta watch out for Luca. Like, everybody knows, like, if this guy goes, like, you have to slow this man down because if you don't, like you're in big big trouble. I mean he had thirty five points last night. Like whew. My guy. I love that dude. He's he's such a good ball player too. Like he's and and, and I also feel like he's kinda of likable. Other uh, the meme where he's like smiling up, like, oh man. Just such good moments. Yeah, I don't have too much opinion on the NBA right now. I haven't watched enough of it. Uh kinda got out of it a little bit. Haven't cared so much. I'll probably pay pay attention to the finals a bit. Uh are we are we semis now there? I don't uh yeah. Anywhere. Yeah, we're in the so, yeah. conference finals in those uh in those games now. Yeah. Heat, and Philly heat blew Celtics? it again, by the way. Did heat we Celtics? we didn't talk about this yeah. Yeah. We didn't talk about how uh uh the Heat beat uh yeah. um the Sixers and the Sixers lost another another game on May twelfth to get eliminated. They lost to Kawhi gotcha. and then they lost they lost to the Heat on May twelfth again. This Heat team I mean, is good. They are they are but I mean how long can the process continue like who is a longer oh, process the Sixers or the Leafs and Bede was just still too worried about his MVP trophy that he didn't win so he didn't Ooh. care <laughs> Ooh, spicy I think he played well that but, series to be honest I watched a bit of it but oh, no he, he, he was dominant all playoffs he's really good but uh, I had heat Suns in the final clearly that didn't work out but uh, the heat are looking strong still the Celtics are really shocked me so far I didn't expect that from him but uh, Golden State, Golden State looks good. It's definitely... dude, Drake's bet looks amazing. Drake Drake put a million bucks. I think it was it. think it was a million at three to one on or four to one on uh, the the Warriors making the the finals. And I bet you that he should. I mean, to be honest, if I had a million dollars and I bet on Golden State to make it to the finals, and they did, I probably would show up within a in a Golden State jersey. Yeah, Diary I mean, I'd go. I'd go. I love. I love Steph Curry too. Like, just one of my favorite athletes in general. The only thing in that in that second round that I really hated was uh, Morant got his knee, knee grabbed, and I thought that was the shittiest thing ever. Like, who grabbed? I forget who it was grabbed his knee. Know. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. Got his knee grabbed, like like straight up, just yanked, and ended up having a bone bruise out for the playoffs. And I thought that was just so brutal to see. I hated it. I just such a gutless play, and and the fact that that not that that costs in the series in general, but kind of bad sportsmanship like that. It's like somebody running one of your best players from behind in hockey. Like something you hate to see. Something I can't really take. Um, but anyway, Golden State just gonna kind of Golden State. they they she man. They like they're they just. They know how to play basketball, and Steve Kerr probably has a job in Golden State as long as he wants to coach basketball. Yeah, he he just figures out a way to get it done, and Steph Curry can put the team on his back. They kind of sucked for a year there, got a couple of other good pieces, and uh, Andrew Wiggins, not quite the superstar that uh, he was getting, supposed to be, but, man, he's an all-star, and he looks a, lo- a little more like what we were hoping from, from the Canadians. So uh, I'll probably watch more of the finals. I'd like to see Golden State heat finals because fuck the Celtics. Not as much as the 76ers, but I don't like the Celtics either. I mean, I'm rooting... No, fuck that. I'm rooting for Kyle Lowry, baby. Kyle Lowry's second ring? How can you not? Like, if you're a Ravs fan, you have to be rooting for the Heat right now. Yeah. So, Heat going state final. Let's go. I like it. Finn's news. Melvin Ingram. That's okay. Oh, that's a good pickup. Tyreek Hill is excited about it. So, you got to like, please, Tyreek Hill. Uh, Another important defensive place. He actually, like, averages nine... It's every nine snaps he averages a pressure, which is right up there with Emmanuel Agba. Melvin Ingram doesn't really play every snap the same way, but he actually, some of his PFF grades and stuff for the amount of snaps he played were top three for uh, pass rushers and stuff. So he gets pressure, which you add that to this defense. You get pressure when you have the secondary that they have. That's trouble for QBs. I, I did see some different power rankings that have them moved up from like 20th to 13th which I was okay with. I don't, I, that was the only thing that bothered me with like, like PFF had them, I think was the PFF had them at like 20 or 21 behind the Pats. And I was like, dude, the Pats are going to suck this year. Sorry. They're not going to be good. Like I, I don't know. It's way too early to talk about all that, but um, nice addition for the Miami dolphins. They just keep, this is the, this is the one thing though, that I think is important is when you are a good team, unless you're in Canada, because people don't give a fuck. Like people don't want to come to Canada. If you're a good team, and you have potential, players will want to come to your team. Mm. Right? Like it's like you have oh, yeah. a chance to win, they'll come. And you're just seeing the vibe that they brought in this year. Like I know we can get talking about the old coach and everything, but Mike McDaniel has just brought a different vibe to this team that people want to be a part of. I think that's and that's super important. Um, by the way, I was gonna mention that earlier when we were talking about how like sometimes you have to get now this is a little bit different example, but you know, we're talking about getting rid of Sheldon Keefe because it's, he just doesn't have what it takes. I, I kind of thought the same about... Um, I said this earlier. I thought about um, Brian Flores. Before the whole lawsuit and every, all that kind of crap came out, Like before that all happened, I, I actually thought you might you have fired him because he was too much of a player's coach. And, and I thought maybe you bring in a veteran guy um, to get the most of your players. They went an opposite way. They got Mike McDaniel, rookie head coach. So another rookie head coach. So that's the way they went. But I kind of thought... In my head, I'm like, man, like that's kind of maybe the same thing where, you know, keep some players coach and maybe you need to bring somebody veteran wise. Thought Miami is gonna do the same. Excited for that season though, man. I'm literally counting down the days. I mean, we're in we're pretty close to the end of May, which means we have what, two and a half months until we're talking about preseason games to the Dolphins? Yeah, you're already seeing all the training camp videos, some of the practices going on, especially. Who is volunteer. getting torched? is getting fucking torched for God knows why. I do not understand why people hate Tua so much. I don't get it. Uh, One one bad throw, and everyone's like, he did underthrow Tyreek in the video. Probably not the best video for the Dolphins to throw out. But then Tyreek throws out a video of these highlights, and people are like, oh, well, that doesn't count. So when he throws a bad pass at practice, that one counts, but all the good passes nobody cares about. Then they show another video today, him just absolutely dimed to waddle. (laughs) Now that they're playing basically full equipment, just dials it in, Lee's waddle, nice throw and stuff. And people are still like, yeah, I don't care. It's practice. So we can negatively say stuff about practice, but not positive. No, of course not. But just so you know, like this is how exactly how we feel as Leafs fans. Just, just so you know, Nealander, for example, can make 10 good plays, but we only show the play where he's not going into the corner. Uh, same thing. Uh, but either way, I actually thought, by the way, that Tua has, has he beefed up or what? Cause he looks yeah, He's put on it. A- holy shit he is just and and not like fat he is fucking ripped his legs are humongous and i was like oh my god like this guy he he trucked one guy last year didn't didn't was was a little afraid to do it and now he's it seems to me like he's recovering just fine from that hip injury which all reports last year was that he hadn't recovered as much and was still nervous about it uh yeah he kind of looks like a tank right now perform sports is somebody who works with the miami dolphins and two in particular they finally said that his hip is 100 percent mobility now it hadn't been 100 mobility till now which is part of the reason he hadn't got into the strength programs as much as he wanted to because you need the mobility there first so it sounds like he was 100 percent now for hip mobility and that's where you're seeing like this guy's put on a ton of weight the legs look huge so how do you actually throw a football far with your legs through that so we'll see how to what Tua it does and uh it's his accuracy that's always been his plus side not his arm strength and if he can be accurate, get the ball to Waddle and Tyreek in space, you don't need him to throw it 40 yards down the field. Waddle and Tyreek <laughs> will do that for you. 100%. And to, to wrap it up, um, we didn't talk about this at all. The Habs had the perfect tank. Yep. we got We, we mentioned this last week. No, we didn't. Did we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we mentioned it last week because I oh. said they were drafting Shane Wright already. So, oh. but yeah, it was the perfect take. It's going to be an exciting off season. I just wanted so. to bring. I just wanted to. You you haven't been relevant this year at all, and we haven't talked about the Habs enough. So I I've, I I must have forgotten about this last week. But well, I just feel like we, we had have to NHL talk draft talk. Montreal has three picks in the top thirty three, so we'll have NHL draft talk. Do, we, do, do the Leafs have a first round pick this year? Yes, I think. so. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. That's good because I'm really tired of watching drafts that. My team have no picks. Uh, Florida, or, uh, Miami just ruined that for me, but it's fine. Well, it's an exciting week. We got uh, semifinals of the NBA. We have NHL playoff hockey, and we have the PGA Championship. So looking forward to another big week. We have something long weekend here. Yes, May 2-4. It's my, uh, my, my kid's two-year-old birthday, so I'll see you Sunday. Um, yep, I will be there. You will. You've got a DD, so that's always good. Always important. nothing to a two-year-old's birthday right do nothing better than turning up at a two-year-old's birthday for may 24 uh i talked about this before man but what a legendary birthday to have couldn't time than any better this kid's 16 years old may 24 is going to be an absolute fucking rip every year are you kidding me like oh couldn't be better almost as good as you on uh uh on the fourth of july like you're pretty much right there yeah that'll be a good weekend too so uh Looking forward to the weekend, looking forward to watching some golf, looking forward to hopefully enjoying some sun. Let's go. Our golf games are slowly but surely improving. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Over6 Sports at Zach436. And at C Charlton Turf. And for the Over Six Sports Podcast, I'm Zach DeVandaburf. With me as always is Cam. Damn it, the Turf King Charlton. Thank you for listening to O6 Sports. We'll chat with you next week.